You know, it's, it's very natural to ask questions after tragedy hits. There's nothing wrong with that. And we have to be careful, though, to not put God on trial. For sure. To yeah. accuse God of wrongdoing when something happens. I, I like what John Piper, he gave some keen insight on how to respond to tragedy when he said, well, how did Jesus respond to tragedy? And in Luke 13, mm-hmm. uh, verses 4 through 5, it says, Or those 18 who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. Mm. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Mm. So it's not the fact that when somebody dies that they're worse than us, Piper brings out, but rather it's a time to pause to examine your own life, but by God's grace, you could have been in that same spot, that same position, and in that same tragedy, right? It rains on the just and the unjust alike. When tragedy hits, it it is safe to do a few different things, right? There needs to be a bigger picture. First of all, this is not our home. Yeah. And tragedy reminds us of that. Yeah. Because our new home is not going to have any tragedy for the believer. Next, listen, people need the gospel. And there's not a better time to preach the gospel than when somebody is contemplating through deadly disasters. Their mind is already thinking through Mm. things that are extremely difficult. So get to the gospel, because the gospel literally means good news. There are very few things in life that make me go... Coffee and baklava. Oh. How dare you? (laughs) Those are two interesting things noted. But there's something, friends, that made me do that recently. You looked in the mirror? (laughs) (laughs) See what I endure? See what I endure? No, it was actually brought to me compliments of Ray Comfort. Oh, dear. Now, I've been to New Zealand with Ray three times. Three times, Ray. Time and, of tribulation. <laughs> and of course, the, <laughs> the best place in New Zealand, of course, is Dunedin. It's not. Remember Dunedin, right? Look, you were there on a fine day. They have cold, cold oh, weather. It's beautiful. And it was a beautiful day. Dunedin. And that's, that's your impression of it. <laughs> it's not normally Dunedin. like that. But we did something in New Zealand, friends, and we ate something extraordinarily <gasps> delicious called... White bait. No, mate pies. Oh, yes. Ray, aren't meat pies good? Yes, I was just talking to someone on the phone with, who was with Ken Ham this morning. He's from Australia. Yeah. And I says, why didn't you bring over a suitcase of uh, meat, Australian meat pies? You could have made a killing. Ken will pay anything for meat oh, pies. Oh, yeah. So will I. Okay, well, They're I magically delicious. know of an Australian baker in Costa Mesa that started an Australian meat pie shop. Yeah, I've been there. Have you? Yeah, and what is they do is, no, they do what Americans do. They put, well, let's put some cinnamon in it and a little bit of garlic in it. <laughs> oh, give it a, no. And they, they took away from what it really is like. Spice you know? it up a bit, huh? Yeah, spice it up. But Ray, real quick, though, is there is there a... Uh, Sorry to put you down. I don't know. I was excited to bring you. I was going to bring you to because I thought, I've actually never been there. I've yeah. just seen it, and I was going to bring it to you. I That's just remembered so. now that you brought a cream puff, and it's still Have here. Have you not eaten it? Is it still here? Where's it at? Mark looks guilty. I didn't. It's over there. That's not not producing unity among the brethren to bring (laughs) one cream puff to four guys. What are you supposed to do? It was the last one there. Well, Danny brought us some uh, baked goods there. Yeah, our good friend Danny's here who helps Ray out at uh, Huntington. She's our scout. Yeah. Ray... Is there a rivalry between Australians and New Zealanders when it comes to meat pies? Kind of like with Marmite No, not for meat Vegemite. pies. That's your fellowship in a meat pie. Oh, so they're, they're good in, in Australia as good as they are in New Zealand. Jump. Oh, yes. Can, yeah. you, no. can you explain what a meat pie is? It's a pie that has meat in it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now, like it's a meat pie. The, it's so like a chicken pot pie? No, it's about six inches across. It's, it's diameter. And it's just really nice. 
pastry was really good meat, oh. like either steak or mince. And there's nothing, there's nothing, nothing added to it. It's not fancy, but it's got a particular taste to it. And it's where you get a meal where you actually eat the wrapper. Mm, you just get it in your hand and eat it. And like I, a burrito. I am surprised. No, it's nothing like a burrito, but it's a good try. <laughs> it's, um, I'm surprised Americans haven't discovered it because any American I give them to just love them. Oh, mate pie. But you got to have them with tomato sauce. Yeah, why don't you Do speak? you have them with tomato sauce, Stop right? It. <laughs> Stop your Chinese accent. <laughs> okay, but, but friends, I, I bring this up for a purpose, as I do with all things that I say. As I said at the beginning, there are very few things in life that have made me go, and I no longer like meat pies because Ray Comfort told me a story about a guy who made meat pies that was doing what with the knife, Ray? Well, it was, uh, I, was, uh, I wasn't a Christian, and I wanted to start my own business, so I put a feeler out, and I found there was a, a store in our local suburb that was empty. So I thought, I'm going to rent it for a day, put some leather jackets in it and see if they sell. They all sold. Mm. But I went to the guy who was renting out the store and while he was talking to me, he was cutting up meat pies and cleaning his fingernails with the same <laughs> knife he was cutting up the pies with. Oh, boy. <laughs> Wait, you're not oh, supposed to do that? You told me that story, I think, you're on not Christmas. not supposed to do that. <laughs> no. You told me that story on Christmas Day, Ray, and almost ruined my Christmas dinner. Oh, but, you know, honestly, Ray, you say this all the time, right? When you're talking to people about faith, you talk about the different people they have faith in, like the pilot and their doctor and, and The so meat on. pilot? I was going to say that. <laughs> I, let, I let it go. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, though, the, the amount of faith that we demonstrate when we go to restaurants and buy food and we have no idea what's going on in the package. Yeah. In the Especially kitchen. with a meat pie. I'll tell you why. Especially Years ago, I heard pizza. of someone who said the meat pie isn't hot enough. I'm going to put it in the oven to heat it up. And the person who put it in the oven thought, I'll just lift the top of the pastry, have a look at it, and there was a whole stack of maggots doing the oh, disco. No. They were doing the disco under oh, the heat. Oh. And if, if they hadn't done that, they would have just <laughs> hoed into that pie and ruined a whole population. Oh, man. But that really shows the faith you've got in anything you eat. We go into no. a restaurant, we did yesterday. They come out and they just serve it up and we just chomp it down. Now, Mark, you were back in the <laughs> and, day. And throw it at other people. Yes. As, a, as a young man, you, you worked in restaurants, you were a, a busser and stuff. Are there nightmare stories about what people do to food? <laughs> Better not tell us, Mark. <laughs> oh, man, his face. <laughs> oh, boy, face. I have so many, so many oh. stories. So I worked in the restaurant business for close to 10 years, and that goes back before I became a Christian. Yeah. And when I worked at a pizza place... What's the it, worst thing you did to the dough? <laughs> I, I can't say the worst thing, but... Incriminate yourself, Mark. <laughs> if you'd put Visine drops onto the pizza, it was tasteless. And it was odorless, but it would cause somebody to have to use the restroom. Oh, you're kidding. So we squirted Visine all over people's pizzas. Why? What is wrong that? with you, man? Yeah, is that terrible? Oh, what is the wrong things with that we you? Do? What is no, wrong with me? No, but seriously, I mean, you think they're in the back there, they drop some food on the ground, they're not going to... Oh, yeah. No, that, yeah, that's very that common. Was oh! You'd clean it. I have a relative of mine that will rarely ever eat in a restaurant because of stuff like that. In fact, I remember going with a friend not long ago, and he... He popped out his own fork and Oh, I've seen that happen. Wait, wait. I, I know a guy I would travel with who would go to hotels and he'd bring his own sheets <laughs> and fitted <laughs> sheets and he would take off the sheets. Do you know anybody like that, Ray? Oh, easy. Yeah, when we went to, <laughs> we went to Israel the first uh, time. Oh, Ray? Who is this person? And it's, I don't um. want to describe the idiot, but it's... <laughs> he I married could, my I, daughter. I couldn't believe it. I was in the dark. I turned the light out, and I heard... Oh. I thought, what's going on? I'm trying to sleep, and it's easy changing the sheets in the hotel <laughs> in Israel. I just got to know you took Matthew Henry's commentary oh. and about 50 other books oh, no. on the right. trip, too. Oh, Do you know no. when I first started working here, Eddie Roman took me to one of his favorite... It was like a, a ramen shop or something the like Chinese that. Place. And I, we walk in, and... 
I see on the sign it's a B rated for cleanliness. And B. I B as in not A. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's B. Bravo. He goes, and he goes, well, it's not a C. <laughs> and we ate there. Look at the bright side. <laughs> and the thing is, you've got no recourse. You get up at the night and throw up ten times. You can't go back to the restaurant and say I throw up because you can't prove what made you sick. Yeah. So it's a, it's an act of faith eating any food prepared by or another person. Too many crab legs. Yeah, yeah, like you. Oh, that's right. Half your Mark and I were in Reno, and I didn't realize Mark was going through a tough time at home. At home, he hadn't eaten for about eighty days, and so he went up and got what fourteen crab legs, There's really so big many ones. Crab legs. Oh. And in the middle of the night, he, he couldn't throw up. He was just trying to, but he couldn't. And Are you off of crab still, Mark? Are you? No, I mean, crab. I like crab, but boy, that was a terrible night. <laughs> I remember <laughs> looking over at Ray. Ray, I'm, I'm going to get sick. And Ray just puts a pillow up so he doesn't have to look at me. <laughs> like, like, oh, there's no help from him. Uh, but I did throw up on a plane a couple of times. Yeah, a couple of times. That was That's where you can get the best seat in a plane, because I remember going up to the stewardess and said, I got a friend who threw up on two flights before this. Can he sit by the restroom? They said, absolutely, anywhere he wants. So that's, if you want to oh, get on first, idea. say, I throw up unless I'm in first class. Always. <laughs> right. uh, I just want to apologize to our listeners who are currently eating breakfast while listening to this episode. <laughs> right. yeah, was think, in, yeah. That was in bad taste. We're gonna, brought we're, it up. We're going to harm some restaurants in people's areas for sure. All right, friends, on to some very beautiful, serious things. Things. This is from Arnie, who was retired from the Navy. <laughs> Arnie. At first, I thought it said Army you. Retired Navy, but it's Arnie Retired from the Navy. Thank you, Ray Comfort, is the title. God saved me using Ray's videos. I was falsely converted when I was young because I was still dwelling in sin. I would go to church and still loved my sin, did not witness to anyone, and did not read the Bible regularly. When I got converted last June, my convictions were on steroids, hated my sin, and loved righteousness. I've been witnessing to everyone I can, and I love God so much. Ah, I didn't see that. That was sent to you personally? No, that was uh, on the podcast uh, platform, Apple. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? Oh, God bless him. I love that, right? Because this is what you talk about, right? There should be a transformation and a change, a hatred for sin, a love for righteousness. Yeah, light and darkness. And some wicked evil person wrote here, Oscar is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we know who that is. Oscar sent that in. Well, friends, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Why Would Anyone Follow Jesus? 12 Reasons to Trust What the Bible Says About Jesus. Ray, why do I say your book titles in a mocking voice? No, it comes from Santa Monica. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies! (laughs) How did you put up with that, Ray? We've mentioned it before. I didn't put up with it. (laughs) I had, I had no choice. <laughs> what was happening? Well, I was standing there. There's a good crowd, like 150 people standing there after people have been preaching. And I thought, I'm going to step up quietly and humbly. Yeah. Well, and I, I hear, would be wrapping up my preaching. Yeah, because so he's got up. a great crowd. So now I'm going to sneak in and share the gospel. And I'm standing there with a very humble heart. And I hear, Ray Comfort! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the world's greatest evangelist. Put your hands together for Ray! Oh, boy. Ray would get up there every time looking so, so dejected. Like, <laughs> no buildup of expectations or anything. Um, that's one thing that's horrible to be done in the pulpit. I don't know if we've talked about it for years when someone's introducing you to pulpit and say, this guy's really funny. And you get up oh, there and what am I supposed to a, do? No, yeah. remember I did it oh. to Todd Friel. That's right. I called him a comedic genius. Yes. And Why that the, would you do that? <laughs> that was the first time I heard muted laughter for Todd because usually people... It kills it. set it up. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, like... Poor guy. What am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. So what? 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 what uh, uh, uh. <laughs> You're a wicked, wicked, wicked. Why would anyone follow Jesus? Yeah, brute. Twelve reasons to trust what the Bible says about Jesus, and don't forget the evidence study Bible at livingwaters.com. All right, guys. We've been man. We've been we've been jabbering for a long time. 
All right, today, how should Christians react to national tragedies? It depends where it is. If it's in our state, (laughs) it's different. National tragedies. Guys, um, let me ask you this first. I just want to talk about news for a moment. Ray, there have been seasons where you've stopped watching the news. Mm -hmm. I know there are Christians that don't listen to or watch the news or read about the news at all. Uh, I think that's tragic. But why is it seriously that the overwhelming majority of news is negative. We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week, goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. Yeah, let me qualify. I do read the news. I don't watch the news because when I used to watch the news, I got what they wanted me to watch. Mm-hmm. When I read the news, I go online at night. I just flip through it. No, I'm not going to. No, no, that's just political. I don't want that. But this is interesting. So I've got a choice and I can right. I can keep up with what's going that's on. Good. The thing in the book of Acts, uh, the, the Athenians gather together to talk about new things. You think, what a pack of old ladies sitting around in like a knitting circle talking about new things, but we are news fanatics, newspapers, you know, news everywhere we've got, news on television, news on radio, here's the news. If it's new, we're interested, which is just kind of crazy, but yeah. we're new creatures. So but but I mean, so news. much of it is negative. It is. If it, bleeds, mean, if it bleeds, it leads, and it's true. I, 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 I read a, a thing called stuff.com. It's from New Zealand, and it's everything about New Zealand. So and I read it every night together, see what's going on in our country. But they've got one little portion. I may have mentioned it before, which I've mentioned before that I've mentioned things before, <laughs> that it says, and here's some good news. I've never clicked on it. I don't want good news. It's not interesting. Really? Yeah. Would you click on something that says good news because everything's negative? But you want to see some good news. What's the good news? Someone found their dog? That's nice. It's just not interesting. <laughs> you want to hear about someone's dog dying, right? That's it. <laughs> yeah. It's we, like when I ran over that cat. What? Which time? <laughs> it's, it's in our sin nature to be driven by our anger and pride. And the social media and the news outlets have figured that out and build it into their algorithm. And so it's no secret. It's no conspiracy that Facebook, Twitter, Fox News, CNN, anything else out there They built an algorithm, they deliver stuff to you that's going to fire you up in anger and stroke your pride. And so to your point, it's in our sin nature and these organizations have figured out how to tap into our sin nature and make money off of it by continuing to deliver that. There are ways in which, because to your point, we need to be informed and aware I actually use a a software, it's an app called Feedly, and Feedly allows me to create tags of information that I want and then filter based off things that I like and dislike. And so I basically create my own feed. And so if if there's one thing that you want to do to be able to keep up with broad news, but not have to be at the 
reign of someone else's algorithm. Organizations like Feedly allow you to create your own algorithm and pull your own news feed down. Uh, and so I go on there once a day for 30 minutes, pull in information that I want, read it, and then I move on. Wow. It's good to realize they create conflict. Some guy says water's wet. They're going to find a guy who says water's not wet and hmm. put the two together because that's what makes it interesting. You know, I was wondering the other day about who the guy or the gal is that is given the job of finding the, the headline, right? The right, right headline that's going to hook people in. And I'm, I'm noticing they're getting sneakier and sneakier to get you to click on the article. And they'll say something like, this state just outlawed this, you know, or whatever. So otherwise, if it just gives you exactly what it is, you just move on. Okay, now I know. What will we do without this? We often use it on our YouTube oh, yeah. channel. Oh, we do. And you think, we're not going to use this, but you look and see we've got 3 million views because we said this. Yeah. <laughs> this, what is this? We this call pastor out, said what? Why do we who? call, we should call this podcast this. <laughs> My kids often make fun that we use the word this inside of our YouTube channel. Uh, is Michael Jackson still alive? I don't know, but what I need to know is this. <laughs> all throughout, all day, yeah. every day, yeah. that's or, what my kids do. Yeah, Ray preaches gospel. This happens next. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, because there's another place where we, we, we just crack up sometimes, like with movie trailers, how there are some that will give you the entire movie. 100%. Yes, I don't want to see it. It's like, in fact, my, Rachel is anti-movie trailer. She's so like, like hey, let's check out. I don't want to watch it. I'm like, come on, you got to at least, because sometimes they ruin it for you. You I know what like, I heard about this. Yeah. <gasps> what is it? <laughs> I feel like the, the last Kirk Cameron trailer, I was like, I just watched the entire movie. <laughs> like, I just, I saw it all. Yeah, right. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot but, of negative. Uh, yeah, you know? Oh, yeah, you know. Oh, well, oh, you yep, know. Right, yep, yep, yep. Wait, what was the yep. thing we always say? Yep, right. No, no, there's that other Good thing. Good as gold, Bob's your uncle. Um, <laughs> Good on you. Yeah. Hey, Shelby Wright, Rod is right. Uh, no, but there's another thing we always... Uh, Oh, Don't forget it. To pay the we bill. say it in the podcast. You always point it out. Here's the thing. Oh, here's, ah, the, here's thing. the thing. Yes. Here's the thing. Here's the this. But that does get your attention. Here's the thing. It is. Doesn't it? Yes. So anyhow, news negative. That's what we're talking about. Uh, but tragedies, oh, right? that's right. That's the big thing. Before that, though, Mark, do you ever feel vulnerable from the standpoint of... Here it comes. Every time you're on me. <laughs> Here it comes. Wait for it. No, I'm a nice person. No, no. I mean, from the standpoint of... Haven't thought about it yet. <laughs> My brain is on freeze today. Give us a wheeze. Danny, it's those, uh, those muffins you gave us. Um, no, the... Uh... <laughs> oh, boy. Talk about national tragedy. Oh, yes. <coughs> there it was, Mark. You wanted a wheeze. There it was with a cop. So national, we could have a national tragedy if you want. We no, on. I'm saying that there's this vulnerability because we can only know whatever the news is telling us. Yeah. yeah. And there's one time I saw this video that freaked me out. It had like 20 different news outlets, and all of them were saying the exact. It was like, yes. oh yeah, it They're was at, like those are a everywhere. script. And yeah. and I was like, ah, right? Isn't How that are you that? like? <laughs> That's probably how the song came to be. Well, we, we have a friend, a mutual friend, who uh, they said his father-in-law only listens to a specific news outlet. Mm. He's 82 years old. He gets all of his news right. from the same. He doesn't yes. watch anything else other than this. And when you attempt to get into a conversation with him concerning anything at all, he will 
reiterate or regurgitate things from that angle, oh, that right. place. Well, if you're really going to study something out, it would do you well to study both sides out. Not just what one side has to say about the other side, because then you set up a straw man argument. You believe this, you build it up, then you cut it down, and, you, and the person's all along is just saying, I don't believe that, yeah. Yeah. not for the life of me. So study both sides. Hmm. That's good. Um, tr trying to shift gears, though, to more specific a national tragedy, whether it's a hurricane that takes the lives of many, uh, you know, here in America, especially we have the issue of school shootings. I think one of the big ways that we respond is uh, respond with lament. Hmm. And lament is, is a word, is a practice that's often lost in modern day churches. And, and many people don't even know what that word means. And, and essentially lament is a, a crying out and a longing for, and there's parts of the Bible, uh, I mean, words and words that are dedicated to the idea of lament. There's Psalms, entire poems that are dedicated to the idea of lament. A whole book. And the space of lament <laughs> are unanswered yet faithful questions. It is an act of worship, in other words, to say, why God, why did this happen? Where are you, O Lord? But God, we will trust you. Mm -hmm. We trust that you are wise and sovereign in the spaces that we just simply don't understand. And so one way that we respond is just simply to lament the reality of the tragedies that we see in the news. Does great as thy faithfulness come from lamentations? Well, I mean, how do you know God's faithfulness unless mm. you've yeah, been put right. through the ringer? Yeah. His mercies are new every morning. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. The song. Mm. yeah. Um, speaking of school shootings, did you hear about that school teacher that was shot by a six-year-old? I couldn't believe that. You know what yeah. to do Where if a six Do you know what to do if a six-year-old's pointing like a gun week. at you? I, I saw a video many years ago and I thought, this is great. A, a six-year-old's pointing a gun at you. You don't say, give me that gun or put it down. You say, look at that. To distract his his gaze, so he's going to point the gun at what you're pointing at. Just say, "Look, that's Mark Spence." <laughs> <laughs> you know, did you guys did you guys follow that story or or see I read what happened? Yeah. Just a little. It was intentional. The, the six year. I heard it. I, what I read no, was no. He's just he brought a gun to school. He didn't go to shoot the teacher, but that's when she said, "Give me it." It went off. I think that's what happened. Oh wow. man, it's terrible. Yeah, that, that is extremely tragic. But let's camp out on on lament for a moment. Mm -hmm. Do you guys think that this oftentimes does the gospel and the church a disservice when Christians have this attitude of, hey, praise the Lord? Yep. You know, as if though, as if though rejoice in the Lord always or consider it all joy when you encounter various trials or God causes all things to work together for good means that we just skip along merrily laughing and smiling at everything. It's not a real attitude to life. It's, mm. it's living in a false life. One thing that moves, whenever I think about tragedies and a Christian's attitude was your response and your brethren's response to 911. Mm. You drove from LA to New York to take the gospel to New York and to empathize with the people there. And I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Ray, you, you're the one that alerted us to 9-11. I remember it was probably, I think, seven, six to seven, eight in the morning. I can't remember the time, but I remember you called and Rachel just you know, let out a scream for the most part, and we turn on the TV, and I just sat there dumbfounded. Boy, I'm on a point of tears now just thinking of it. I mean, it was really, it was so surreal, right? Yeah. Do you guys remember where you were, right? I mean, it, it's one of those moments that, I mean, it changed the world yeah. for yeah. sure. And it, it, to me, it blows my mind when I talk to young people that weren't born, you know, they just hear about it like I heard about World War II, yeah. you know? But it was such a part of our lives. And the fact that, yeah, I, I remember it, it 
we were in a drive-thru to get some food, me and 12 other guys from our church when, when I was pastoring. And they all started singing happy birthday to me because it was, it was my birthday had just hit September 14th. So that's when we drove out you know, to New York. It took us three days, uh, 72 hours about, just nonstop wow. driving. Although I will say we stopped in, <laughs> we stopped in to Oklahoma to get some breakfast. And we walk... <laughs> And we walk into this restaurant. Guys. This is this is like off the beaten path, like in the middle of like white man land. <laughs> and we walk in, and it's me. Uh, it's a, a guy who's who's part Persian, another guy who's part Syrian, another guy that looked like Osama bin Laden, but he was Mexican. So this wasn't well thought out. <laughs> I'm telling you. And and this was like a few days after 9-11. You should have seen, the, I hadn't seen people this white in my life. And all of a sudden they all just put their forks down their jaws. Where they're like, the waitress like, come back here, honey. Let me take you to this corner place here in the restaurant. But everyone yeah. was feeling like that. We didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. You know? No, it was, it, it was crazy. But yeah, but, but we got to New York and it was, uh, I remember we were standing there and smoke was still rising oh, from the ashes of the goodness. towers. That's how fresh it was, you know. And, so they, they let you get up close. Yeah, there, there, were, there was a perimeter, you know, but yeah, we were able, we were right across and you could see that you know, everything piled up and the smoke still and the, you know, people removing the debris and, and there were people still trapped under that yeah. stuff and for oh. weeks. Yeah. You know, you, you brought up the reality of, of not just bulldozing over with, oh, well, you know, God's in control. He works all things out. That is, that's true, but it's also the, the space of lament is the space of longing in anticipation for the return of Christ so that he can make all wrong things right. And it's that space of asking questions and giving, giving space. And I often say, if we don't give space to let faithful Christians ask the kind of where are you, oh God, questions that the scriptures themselves teach us to ask, my thing is this, is that when we teach people to just move on, we build up unanswered questions that lead to doubt. And my example is this. It's like, it's like everyone has this. Well, like I have a friend who has like 600, you, this would make you have a heart attack. He has like 600 unread text messages in his phone. Do you know somebody like that? I feel like we all have one friend that we're like, they have just like 500 unread yeah, text messages. That is bad. I have a friend, I'm not going to name him, but he, he, it rhymes with Chris Mobletti. <laughs> he has like 500 unread text messages in his phone. And I know other people, they have like that burner email where it just adds up to 10,000 unread emails. It's like where we send all the junk email. Here's what we end up doing with those junk emails though. We end up getting rid of them. They just become, it's like it becomes too much that we abandon that email and we start a new one. And that's what people do with unanswered and unrecognized questions with their faith. If they don't feel comfortable bringing out questions and asking for answers and to ask people to like walk with them in those moments, we treat them like unread emails and those things pile up and give birth to, to outright doubt in God. And so mm. my point is in the space of lament, we need to be a welcoming people to those who are asking questions. We need to be willing to answer or walk with them in mm. those seasons. You know, it's, it's very natural yeah. to ask questions after tragedy hits. There's nothing wrong with that. And we have to be careful though, to not put God on trial. For sure. Yeah. To accuse God of wrongdoing when something happens. Uh, I like what John Piper, he gave some keen insight on how to respond to tragedy when he said, well, how did Jesus respond to tragedy? And in Luke 13, mm. uh, verses four through five, it says, or those 18 who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. Mm. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Mm. 
So it's not the fact that when somebody dies that they're worse than us, Piper brings out, right. but rather it's a time to pause, to examine your own life. But by God's grace, you could have been in that same spot, that same position, and in that same tragedy, yeah. right? It rains on the just and the unjust alike. Yeah. When tragedy hits, it, it is safe to do a few different things, right? There needs to be a bigger picture. First of all, this is not our home. Yeah. And tragedy reminds us of that yeah, because is. our new home is not going to have any tragedy for the believer. Next, listen, people need the gospel. And there's not a better time to preach the gospel than when somebody is contemplating through deadly disasters. Their mind is already thinking through things that are extremely difficult. So get to the gospel because the gospel literally means good news. We hesitate to do that when someone's going through a tragedy. You think well, the last thing they need is to hear me preaching to them about God's Wrath so how would you transition to the gospel in an environment like that? Do you think you're a good person? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that before. Yeah, yeah. there is that element of weeping with those who weep. Right, and that's that the last point. Gives you the almost invitation to, to speak into their lives, you know, to be able to, to show that empathy and sympathy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've known of instances where believers have just done such damage to the testimony of the gospel with their ignorance, really. A lot of times it's genuine zeal and they mean well, but they just they just totally bulldoze people and destroy them. And, and then they try to give them the gospel. That person is so tainted and jaded by what they just did to them. Like, you don't want them to associate that with the gospel, mm -hmm. you know? And so you need to be sensitive and discerning. You know, one of the things we've often try to remind people of as a ministry is we're not giving people a script, right? With the, with the things that you may hear us say on camera or, or you know, wherever you might watch our videos, these are principles that you apply, but you have to remember you're dealing with human beings. That's right. You're dealing with other people that have emotions, that, that have uh, sensitivities, and you have to be discerning in how you, how you approach them. In when, when Paul told us to weep with those who weep, he did not leave any qualifiers. Mm. We weep with those who weep. Jesus wept, yeah. you know, when his friend Lazarus had died. He weeped over uh, the people who would rebel against him, those stiff-necked people. He, he rebelled when he saw people who were sheep without a shepherd, right? He, he had emotions the way we did. And it's okay to acknowledge those emotions when we go through trials, right? But we must always put our focus back on Christ, because even this too shall come to pass, and even this too works together for our good for the believer. Yeah. And you know, Ray, we can talk kind of in general terms, and we can give advice on here's what you can do, and there's what you can do when it comes to tragedies. And a lot of times those things can apply. But one of the things that you've taught me that has been a big lesson for my life is your constant prayer for wisdom. That's a daily prayer of yours, Lord, give me wisdom. And how key is that when, when tragedies happen? Because there may be ways we can't even conceive of that, that, that the Lord might direct us to interact with someone. Yeah, else. pray for the tongue of the learned. You might know how to speak a word and season to him that is wary. Hmm. That's the promise of Scripture. I, I was just thinking as we we're preparing for this, how there's so many national tragedies around the world, especially in the U.S. There's tragedy after tragedy. There's, there's floods, there's droughts, there's tornadoes, there's hurricanes, one after the other. And you tend to hear a thousand people die there and you think, oh, that's terrible. Hmm. But they show you one right. person yep. trapped. And as they're released, it brings tears to your eyes. So it becomes impersonal when it's a mass of people dying, but with just one person. And I think we've, we've got to realize those thousand people are 
are made up of one person going through terrible tragedies. And we here in California are going through a, a national tragedy at the moment. We don't even realize it, but north of here, there's just terrible floods that have oh, taken yeah. many lives. Right. And we could be part in Southern California of national tragedy real easy in a matter of seconds. We're living in an earthquake zone. Mm -hmm. And we'd send, you know, a 6.1, we managed, just feel that rattle. But if an eight hit, everything's coming down. And we could be part of a national tragedy ourselves. So we need to make sure we're right with the Lord. Do you remember how uh, astute people were with their spiritual well-being after 9-11? Right, the churches were filled with people. Yeah, right. There were little crosses everywhere. People were talking about uh, spiritual things, and this goes to the quote that Oscar had said uh, several podcasts ago with C.S. Lewis: "God whispers to us in our pleasures; He speaks in our conscience, but He shouts in our pain. It is His megaphone to arouse a deaf world." Right? Pain insists upon being attended to. When we feel discomfort over and over again, and it gets worse and worse and worse, we're going to pay attention to whatever that is. Well, when we're going through it, listen, spiritually, and things are, people are dying around us, we have to think about what's to come. We have to look up, and that is a good thing to do those things. So it's been my prayer continually for my brother's uh, salvation. God, do whatever you need to do to save them. Mm. I don't care how uncomfortable it is. I, I don't care if they have to lose their finances, if they have to lose whatever it is, fill in the blank. If they must inherit salvation by going down a dark tunnel, then do it, because yeah. eternity is uh, far more important. Mm. Well, and you bring up a point in that when we look at these tragedies, these national tragedies, people dying, our there's something within us, every single human being that looks at that and goes, that's not right. Yeah. yeah. That's not the way things are supposed to be. And that is your spirit crying out to the reality of God, the reality that this world wasn't meant, wasn't originally created to be broken, but it is broken, that something broke in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that reminds me of another C.S. Lewis quote, which I know I've, I've said before, but if it's this, if I find myself... If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. And I think in the midst of tragedy, we can look at that and go, man, like this is, as a Christian, this is what I find. This is where I find hope in the gospel. I find recognition and and admission that that isn't right. Because the atheist can't say that. The atheist just has to say that is just the way the world is. It's just bubbling goop and the survival of the fittest and those who died Honestly, they die and it makes us stronger that they're no longer around. But the Christian can look and go, no, that is wrong. That is not right. That's not supposed to happen. That's not the way this world is supposed to be. And then we find hope in the fact that Jesus promised to come back and make all wrong things right. Mm. And that's where we find hope. Survival of the fittest is good to tell an atheist or an evolution believer that nobody survives. That's (laughs) right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and all that is just so rich and so good. And I think one of the main reasons as well why Christians should be up on the news. And again, I'm not talking about being news junkies and you're addicted to it and that's all you watch. And I'm talking about understanding what's happening in the world so that we can also pray. And how often do we say, oh yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, it, ah, you hear it so much on the news, you know, we're praying for, you know, you hear a politician saying, and you're in our prayers and, you all know. All we got left is yeah, prayer. That's right. And and it's so, it's just become so cliche, but do we really pray? Do we as God's people recognize that we are the ones that, that are God's representatives in this world? And, and 
we know him and we can stand in the gap and intercede on behalf of a, of a lost and dying world. And then I think along with lamenting, along with being those that weep with those in the world, along with praying, this is where we have to recognize too, we're also God's light in the midst of this dark world. And you've already touched on it, the proclamation of the gospel. And that's what we try to do as a ministry, right? I mean, Ray, you're good about getting on a video whenever there's a massive tragedy that hits because people have questions. This is this is when, you know, like we've talked about what C.S. Lewis said, when people are roused and they, they start to kind of remember their mortality and recognize their need for the Savior. And so... You're right, Izzy. If an eight point hits right now, I'm going my phone and filming us. <laughs> I'm all sure comes you down. would. <laughs> like Mark that didn't stop filming when I was getting attacked by that transsexual was, in New Zealand. Really good, good work, Mark. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, by the way... Yeah, Yale, who's our cameraman today, has been instructed by Eddie to always film me at Huntington Beach on Saturday. You know why? Mm. Yale, can you yell it out? Just in case Ray gets beat up. <laughs> Just in case <laughs> Ray gets beat up. He's always filming in case I get beat up, so it doesn't. Get I mean, missed. you would be very, very disappointed if you're getting beat up be and they waste, stopped filming. Just a waste of time. <laughs> what a waste. <laughs> yeah. So, but how crazy, right? That time in New Zealand that happens, and and millions of people have seen that now from the what TV did show you say? and from what the. What was the, it? The, the word channel. that you said when he. <laughs> That's it? Yeah, when people don't recognize you, they, they look at me, they're like, you look familiar. I just go, ah, and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, you're that guy. <laughs> Choked in New Zealand. But I have to say that one of the things that radically disgusts me in life is those who profess Christ and go out into the world to do good and don't take the gospel. Mm-hmm. Humanitarian relief, helping the homeless, going in when people are are in dire straits and they're doing all these good works and never once mention the gospel. Rubbing, giving a good pat on the back on their way to hell. Oh, that, that, that's so disturbing. Yes. Well, you bring up a really good point because the, the reality is that there's there's people that do both. It's almost like there's two extremes. There's those people who are quick to preach the gospel, praise God, but reluctant to go and fill the gaps of need mm. and speak up for those who are vulnerable and weak and care for the widow and the poor and the orphan. And then there are those to what you just said, who are heavily involved in humanitarian relief and who have left the gospel at home, if you mm. will. Man, as we read the scriptures and we see what Jesus is doing, we see that that's a yes and. Yeah. That you're talking about two sides of the same coin, that that we are supposed to be a people that are bringing God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, being his hands and feet that are healing and filling the gaps of need in the world and proclaiming the gospel mm. everywhere we go. Those two things go together as you read the scriptures. They're not meant to be separated. Soap, oh. soup, and salvation. You know where that's, <laughs> that's from? That's good. I've no. never heard that before. That's Salvation, salvation Army. Army. Mm, salvation. That was their motto many years ago. General Booth, soap, clean them up, soup, feed them up, salvation. Oh, soap, say. soup, and salvation. What do you think I was saying? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that. What do you think I was saying? saying? <laughs> soap, soup, and salvation. <laughs> German. It was German. And okay. Let me start <laughs> And salvation. Soap, soup, and salvation. I like that. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, when you think about Galatians chapter two, uh, when Paul and Barnabas were commissioned by the apostles, it says, they desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I also was eager to do. Mm. And I love that, right? Obviously they were commissioned to go proclaim the gospel, but they said, hey, remember the poor, right? Be rich in good works. Mm. Let your light so shine. And it's amazing how people 
respond differently when you show them that kindness. I mean, Ray, you've seen that with the in and out cards. You buy uh, a lot of in and out cards every year and you just you just dispense them wherever you go and you see people's countenance change when you're trying to give them a tract along with it, right? It gives me great joy. I absolutely love it. Did it this morning and uh, I filmed the guy when I was giving it to him because I knew he'd, because this is Southern California, you just say in and out and people begin salivating. It's Pav- Pavlo's <laughs> dog. right now. Yeah. So anyway, just this morning, went around there and there's a guy named Samuel. I said, oh, that's a good Bible name. That's how we began. Mm-hmm. On our second channel, uh, what's it called? Ray Comfort, Just Witnessing. There's unedited videos. You get all my burps and ums and ahs <laughs> and analogies that don't work. I leave it in there to show people the real me when I'm witnessing. I'm just yeah. normal. And this guy's name, he didn't know what Samuel meant in the Bible. He knew there was a book called Samuel. He didn't know what Samuel did. But right at the end, he said, after I prayed with him, because you're so ready to get right with God, he says, I, I believe. He says, I, he didn't know how to put it. He says, uh, I didn't think I was going to be talking about God today, but I think God sent you to me today. Wow. And, and so I gave him a book and other things, and I said, I got something else for you, hmm. an in and out card. And he sort of seen his <laughs> face light up. I gave him two. And yeah, it, it it's works with your faith. Yeah. They really realize you love them if you can give them something to put in their mouth. Well, we were at a restaurant yesterday, Ray, and the hostess was pretty somber hmm. and she looked pretty down not very happy. And she walks us to our table. You gave her some in and out cards and she just lit up. And, and she said, she goes, you just made my week. Mm. And she got so excited. And she goes, I'll check this out right now. You know, the track that you gave the, her. The YouTube channel track. Or yes. the YouTube channel. Yeah. And so it's just so wonderful to see what happens when, when we, we do good works, but then we bring in the gospel. If yeah, so is the will of God that by your well-doing, you put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens. People that would normally be accusatory stop their accusations because they can't say anything against you because they know you love them. Ray, mm. could you show me how you hand someone an in-and-out program? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ray. Show you us. just got to the other <laughs> I did, I day. Thank you so much. It's never enough, Ray. <laughs> never. <laughs> we've, um, got a, we've got a YouTube program coming on in and out Oh, yeah. Uh, I've finished it. We just need to add you guys. It'd be great if you could film it at in and out but... The reason it's being done is because they have Bible verses on their packages. Oh, that's because right. it's a Christian yeah. organization. Yeah. yeah, under the they'd have them under the uh, fries thing, and then they under the cups. And, yes, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, so yeah, it, it's just so key that we recognize our call to proclaim the gospel. I think we're talking about being sensitive toward people in the right way. I think there's an inappropriate hypersensitivity to where. What, what, what do you mean? Yeah, just what I said. Um, <laughs> Couple of clowns. We have this table Crazy. is divided into two parts: sanity uh, and insanity. Yeah, right. But we can get hypersensitive to the point of not wanting to offend people with, "Oh, yeah, they've gone through something really hard. They, they, this isn't the time." No, no, it's the time. Mm, it's Lord. it's the time within when you do it as you encounter them, of course, you got to be sensitive to that, but but the gospel is always appropriate. That's just got to reiterate what you're saying. It's so true, because we are hesitant. I remember I was on Huntington Beach, lady had just lost her husband, 
And I thought, I don't want to talk to her about salvation because it's so sensitive. But she just embraced the gospel. Mm. Absolutely. She was just so pleased to hear it. Well, you know, there was a religious figure, world famous religious figure who had instructed the people that worked in the hospitals that they oversaw to not share the gospel with people. And this person yeah, is hailed. Rachel found out about that in India. Yes. She? Yeah, and this person was hailed as a you know just a, a the greatest of saints. And that that is, I can't imagine standing before the Lord on the day of judgment and and giving account for the fact that you told people not to proclaim the gospel to those who are on the brink of eternity. Yeah. That just I, I have no words for that. Disgust, so, disgusting would be a good word. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, I think I think we covered that. I mean, tragedies are real. God uses them. We are God's light in this world. We need to lament. We need to sympathize. We need to weep with people. We need to pray. We need to do good works. We need to proclaim the gospel. I just thought of, you know, in the, in the off chance that somebody who just personally experienced some sort of national tragedy, maybe you lost a loved one in some sort of national tragedy as you're listening to this podcast. Maybe that's years after we record it. Uh, and you're asking questions and, and you're longing to understand. Let me just say to you, uh, I am so sorry for your loss. And that as you cry and as you weep, the Lord is your God and he weeps with you. And, and, and as you might ask the question like, how or why could this happen? Let me gently remind you that it is God who allowed his very own son to die. Mm-hmm. I have a son. I love my son. He is my one and only son. And I would never hand him over to my enemies to let him die. And yet God did exactly that. His only begotten son, he let him die. Why? So that one day all tears would be wiped away, all pain and suffering would end, and those who are in Christ would be reconciled with their loved ones. And so if you're asking yourself, like, why didn't God do something? God has done something. And he promises to make all things right. Have hope in your heavenly father. Amen. Good word, Oscar. And friends, we're so glad you've joined us today. This was, uh, I think, a very fitting topic. It's always fitting because tragedies are always striking. And we are always God's people. There is no vacation time for the Christian. There is no, hey, I'm off duty. We're always on duty. But it's a labor of love, one that is infused with delight because we're animated by the spirit of the living God. And so there you have it. Get animated further, friends, by getting why would anyone follow Jesus. I mean, this is really appropriate in light of what we're talking about, to give people reasons. This gives 12 reasons to trust what the Bible says about Jesus and the Evidence Study Bible at livingwaters.com. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast, where we have no idea (laughs) what we're doing. I've never won anything in my life. Well, some of you can no longer say that, friends. Here are the winners for the Living Waters podcast giveaway. Carrie from Hobart, Oklahoma. Bryce from Huntington, Indiana. Kenneth from Redding, California. Jamie from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Heather from Ashland, Ohio. Will from Norfolk, Nebraska. Gabrielle from Bristol, Connecticut. Marcy from Liverpool, New York. Dylan from Kadena, Australia. 
and Jobelin from Newmarket, Canada. How boot that A? We love you guys. Keep listening to the Living Waters Podcast.